Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I would like to start saving, mm-hmm. but I don't know where the house will end up being, <laughs> I think. So I think that like just even having some sort of house fund is going to be important either way. And welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. I am your host, Barbara Ginty, and I'm also a CFP. And I am here this morning with my guest, Evelyn. Hi, Evelyn. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. So do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? So how old you are, how much you make, what you do, all that jazz. And then uh, we will go through your lovely spreadsheet. Sure. So I am 26. I was recently promoted earlier this month. So good timing for me to chat with Barbara. Oh, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. But I work in tech, so it's been a little bit of a bumpy ride. Yes. (laughs) But my company seems to be doing well and I've been a little nervous, but ended up getting promoted. Amazing. So I now make 75K and I'm looking to potentially move out of the state that I'm currently residing in. And then beyond that, potentially internationally, Ideally, at some point, <laughs> sooner than later, we'll see what happens. Amazing. And what and what state are you in now? So I am in North Carolina. Okay, great. Are you single, partnered? I am partnered at the moment, and we've been together for a year and a half. Nice. Okay, exciting. So you're thinking first move out of state and then potentially international. Yes. And th- that would be staying with your company. Yes. Okay. That's like one thing I've heard with some of the tech companies. They have some rules about like where you can live. Does that apply with your company or you just let them know what your residence is and they just adjust your filing? I know that I need to remain in the United States at the moment. I think if I were to have another residency somewhere else, that wouldn't be a problem right now, at least to the way that my current standing is that I have to remain in the US. Okay. And just makes it a little easier for their tax filing and insurance and stuff like that. Okay. Amazing. We'll start with your spreadsheet. Sure. So I'm looking at a beautiful spreadsheet and why don't we start with your expenses, your forecasted expenses. So I like that you broke it down into a fixed fund. It's a great way to designate it in your head because the fixer things are not going to change and usually aren't as fun, right? (laughs) So, and then you have fun and then you have your future, which is basically your different sinking funds. So for rent, which is fantastic, Mm -hmm. 750 a month. Yeah. It's sometimes less than that. I got a very good deal as part of the reason. How does it change? So when I first moved in, it was in the 500s. So it's a two bed, two bath. And I live with a roommate that's not my partner, which is part of the issue. Okay. (laughs) My roommate and I get along very well. And so it's completely fine. But the issue is, is that my partner also has a very good deal on rent and that we live in an area where the cost of living has drastically increased. So if we both were to move in together, we'd have to get a new place and the rent would be much higher for both of us. Oh, okay. It's not possible to keep one of the apartments? Most of them. Okay. Oh man. Because that's a nice price. Even even though I know that's gone up since 500, 750 is a nice number mm-hmm. relative to, to what you're, you're bringing in. Because you're bringing in monthly 4,400. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a little bit higher. Okay. 
I haven't seen what my new exact. Oh, right. With your new number. Okay. And that's 4,400. And that's after your, um, you're doing your Roth 401k and then you're doing your FSA. Yes. And then I'm assuming there's health insurance in there. Yes. That is paid for by my company. Okay. Perfect. So then you're netting 4,400. So yeah, 750 for rent is great because it's a relatively small percentage of what you're bringing home monthly. And then your groceries are 400. Internet and utilities are 285. Car insurance and gas is 456. Bonus $50 a month. I love to see renter's insurance on here. I don't always see that on the budget. That's about $8. And then you have a cat and that is forecasted to be 250 a month. Usually it's not that high, but I'm going to be- like, yeah, it seems high. <laughs> I'm going to be traveling for work this month, so a little higher. Okay, perfect. And then for fun, we have restaurants at 300, shopping for 250, fun money for 150, date night 200, and then subscriptions are $21. And then gym is $90. Mm-hmm. Uh, miscellaneous is $54. And then we have uh, your savings. Yeah. So we have medical for 500. And this is for just this month, right? Yes. Okay. We have gifts for 200. We have moving for 375. Christmas for $60. Um, and then that total is your 4,400. Mm-hmm. As you said, those are your forecasted. Some of those will change, right? Like I would imagine restaurants, shopping, fund money might not all come in at the exact allocated amount, but you do that in advance of the month so that you have a target. Yes. Amazing. So then let's talk about what you have saved up. So I'm just going to switch on your spreadsheet to your sinking funds. Sure. I think you like win for the most detail this year so far. <laughs> Not that we give out awards, but if we did, I feel like you would get the award for the most detail. Okay. So we have your various sinking funds and we have your current value and forecasted value. So your emergency fund is great. You have forecasted 18,000 and you have 18,000. Mm-hmm. Is that in a high yield savings account? I believe it is. I think I saw that in another tab. Yes. Okay, great. And then medical, you have uh, just over 1500 for your cats for an emergency of 1000 And then for your car payoff, you have 11682 which I believe on your other tab when we go through your net worth, other savings and debt, that's your exact amount that you owe on your car loan? Yes. So I have a very low interest rate. 3.91. So I have been holding on to cash because I really hate debt, but the rate is so low. <laughs> Right. And um, you're probably able, you might have to do a CD, not a high yield savings account, but you could probably get around 5% for your cash for the year. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like 1.09% higher okay. by keeping it. But yeah, I agree that the loan 3.91, yeah, that's very low. And I don't think we're going to see that for a long time coming. And then you have car 800, cat 300, gifts 200, travel 1500. So you already have a, a decent amount saved up for moving. You have $1,500. Christmas, you have $270. And then for technology, $1,700. Subscriptions, $500. Beauty, $300. Clothes, $60. So for a grand total with everything, you have literally a smidge under $40,000. That's fantastic. Thanks. That's great. And all of it's in high yield savings. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay, good. Just making sure. (laughs) I like to see clothes on there. Uh, I had a guest recently bring up to me. She was like, I haven't heard anyone mention clothes. Like, does nobody buy clothes? Am I the only person? (laughs) I was like, no, I buy clothes. I was like, I think it's in there under miscellaneous a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see if it broken out. Mm -hmm. So then if we go over to your net worth statement, we have your savings. So similar number. And then let's go to your investments. Mm -hmm. And we have your current Roth. Roth 401k at 1100, your old Roth 401k at just under 12,000, your old HSA at 6600, your Roth IRA at 8600, your old traditional 401k at 6600, your individual stocks at $871, small stocks at 150. And then we have 
a little bit of debt. We have the car loan, which we mentioned, which you have the exact amount saved up to pay off, but the interest rate is low. And then you have very little on credit cards. Mm-hmm. It looks like just over $1,000. Yes. So I pay that off every month, but this is just the current snapshot of what was on them. Yeah. I was going to say, because I feel like you have enough cash flow to pay them off. Okay. So that's just what you have on them for the month. And then you use the credit cards because you get miles and points and then you pay them off. Yes. Amazing. So then your total for net worth statement, so if we subtract out the debt, so what you have saved, your investments, you have basically 66000 net worth. Yes. Great. That's amazing. Thank you. So you switched a couple jobs. Did you, you switch once or twice? So you have the old 401k, the old traditional. So I think it's, you can say twice. So we changed servicers recently. Got it. So I think okay. they might be rolling over the old Roth themselves, but I also have an old traditional 401k that I have not rolled over from an old employer. Okay. And so ideally you'll just get them all in your current employers, the old 401k, the traditional, and then the Roth. Definitely the Roth. I'm Because that was with the same company. Yes. The old traditional is a different company. It's and with a different servicer. So I've been wanting to roll it over. I think that a, a traditional IRA would probably be the best bet, but I have not known as much about how to go about it. I messaged one of the people and they said, oh, you need to get in contact with the company. It's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I would say. If you make it into a traditional IRA, you're 26, you decide to move international or you decide to take a break, you could convert the old 401k into Roth at some point. I would just keep that in your back pocket. Okay. I was figuring that the Roth IRA would probably be the best for potentially moving abroad, but I was not 100% sure if that would be the best option. So it depends on what happens when you move abroad, if that's the goal. If you're with a US company and you're still paying US taxes, or if it's like you're going to be, I don't know, working at that location and not on the US tax system, because then maybe that's the year you do some conversions. So I would just leave the traditional 401k in the 401k for the time being. Okay. I just think that it'll make it a little bit cleaner if you decide to do a Roth conversion. Okay. The one thing you always have to worry about is the pro rata rule. You would definitely want to consult a CPA. As long as it's pretty clean and you just have traditional IRA, you can move to Roth. Um, But there is this thing called the pro rata rule that you want to be wary of. And so 401ks do not apply with the pro rata rule. Okay. So I would just leave everything the way it is right now until we get a little farther and we know kind of what's going on, like with moving and locations. And I think since you're so young, most of the money is currently in 401k. I think 6,600, I would attempt to convert into raw, into your Roth IRA at some point in the next like four or five years. Okay. And then that way it's really clean. You have like all the same type of money. You have like all Roth for your retirement. So the pro rata rule, does that only apply to traditional IRAs or does that also apply to Roth IRAs? So the Pareto rule is something that you need to be wary of when you're doing convergence. I would have to double check. I haven't looked at the Pareto rule yet this year. I believe it's only if you have non-deductible and deductible and that's where you're going to fall into it. I think as long as everything is IRA, you should be fine. But I know for a fact that the Pareto rule is not inclusive of 401ks when you're calculating it. So since it's already in a 401k and you're not in a traditional IRA, I would just leave it alone for the time being, knowing that you're going to have a bunch of life changes coming up. And usually when you have life changes, you have opportunity to convert assets. Okay. That makes sense. I would like to increase my retirement savings now that I know that my job is going to be sticking around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. So I was thinking 
max out the Roth IRA and then potentially more into the 401k? Yeah, you're doing the Roth IRA outside of work and then you're doing the Roth 401k inside of work. Yeah, I think you have it in your budget. I would take advantage of the fact that right now your rent's 750. Yes. Because as you said, if you move in with your partner, that most likely is going to go up. So yeah, I would put as much money away as you can right now. Okay. Just why you have these low expenses. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So we used to, for work, have money given to us on a company card, and now we're paying using our own cards, and then mm. we're being expensed later. So I'm going to be traveling for work, so that's why my travel budget is pretty high at the moment, because I have to buy plane tickets. So if you put it on a credit card, are you reimburse before the payments do? No. Oh dear, that stinks. Yeah. So I'm traveling this month and reimbursed for everything all at once when I come back, and then I have to travel again in a few months. And then I'm also going to be going on vacation. (laughs) So I guess I have like a itemized list at the moment of what I've spent and where, but do you have any advice for just navigating that besides just keeping a large amount in savings? Yeah, I was going to say, I think your best bet is going to be, and I don't love this. I don't like that they're waiting a credit card cycle to pay you back, right? You have to pay off the credit card with money that you don't have, right? Mm -hmm. What I would do is the fact that you have so much in cash, I would leverage that. Okay. The benefit of them letting you expense it on your credit card is you can choose whatever credit card you want for points and miles and you get to keep that. The downside is you're not getting reimbursed in time to not incur credit card interest. What I would do is I would still increase your retirement and max out your Roth. And then, especially if you're buying like $500 flight tickets, you're going to be over monthly. I would just take it from your emergency fund or your cash. And then when it gets reimbursed, it goes right back. Okay. And then that'll just ebb and flow. So then that way you're able to maintain your savings goals, right? From a retirement standpoint, because the retirement money, once it goes in there, you can't borrow it back because they didn't pay you back for the flight. Mm -hmm. So I would take advantage of the fact that the cash, and hopefully it's like a week or two that you're borrowing from yourself to pay off the company's expenses, and then they give it back to you. Mm -hmm. I would just make sure you stay on top of them and that it's timely, Mm -hmm. right? That it isn't getting where they're paying you back 90 days later because you could bring up to them that you're taking it out of a savings account or, you know, an interest bearing account. You know, they're borrowing from you and they're not paying you back the interest. So I just be mindful of how long it takes them to pay you back. And I definitely think that would be like a valid thing to bring up to a manager of like, my expenses were $2,000 this month. I had to take $2,000 out of savings. I'm making 4% in savings. And then you're not reimbursing me for the lost interest. Okay. If it starts to get egregious, like I wouldn't do it for 30 days or 60 days, but if it starts to where you're like going months without being reimbursed, hopefully that's not the case. But I would just be mindful that they're paying you back in a timely manner. Yeah. The trip is a couple months out, but they're already encouraging us to purchase the transportation. So I'm waiting more, (laughs) but it just makes me a little nervous. Yeah, because then they wouldn't be paying you back for six months. Mm-hmm. Makes me nervous. I think that would be something really valid to bring up to a manager. I, I don't know. I think that's, mm-hmm. I had to do that at one of my companies where we were given a corporate card, but we had to pay it off and then they paid us back. Oh. Yeah. And I think that when you get to a certain income level, there's like more expectations that you have free cash flow because they're paying you a certain amount of money. And so, that was kind of the assumption, like we pay you a lot of money, like you should be able to manage the expenses until we pay you back. And then once you submitted it, you got it back right away. But I don't remember ever buying flights that far in advance because <laughs> I didn't want to be carrying a, a balance, nor did I want to be covering for them for that long. So I don't know. I would just keep an eye on that. I agree with you. It's, a, I think, a big ask because they're corporate expenses. Mm-hmm. Our next partner has a product to use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because these past few months I've been prioritizing my health as I've recovered from a nasty case of long haul COVID. 
I love that it takes the mental work out of getting my vitamins and supplements in because with just one scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, and probiotics. It's been super simple to incorporate into my morning routine because there's virtually no prep required and it tastes great. Plus, it's way cheaper than a fancy coffee habit. If you wanna give it a try, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And then I think in addition to potentially traveling, I've also been dealing with some health issues. And so I think a large amount of my questions just kind of go back to changing life circumstances and just kind of manage things when future is uncertainty related. You know, health issues are always tricky because then it usually requires good medical, mm-hmm. right? And do you have good medical with work? Mm-hmm. It's much better this year. Okay. And then do you have disability with work? I do. So I haven't had to tap into it yet. They basically just gave me some time off. And so I've like had some time to heal. Okay. I think that if I do end up needing a surgery, I don't know if I would need to go on disability versus just take a leave of absence. I would, I would look to see what the short-term and long-term disability benefits are. Okay. Yeah. If you have those offered through work, uh, I would also note that maybe they're offered, but you have to pay in to get better benefits. So I would just like look through your benefits package and see if you know you might have to have a surgery down the line and that you might not be able to go right back to work after. I would look to see what's available to you. And even if you have to pay for a better benefit, that would probably be worthwhile. Okay. I think... If I, I remember reading them a while back, but it might be like two thirds of income. Yes. It's usually not 100%. I can see if I can find that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think that could be worthwhile. And then the other thing is with talking about moving, this is always expensive. So you just would have to run the numbers, but when you leave a company, you're eligible for COBRA, meaning you can stay on the company health insurance. They charge an administration fee of 2%. So you pay 2% more, but you pay the full cost. So a lot of people don't know what their company is actually spending on their health insurance, but I would say it could range from like 600 to $800 a month, but you're able to maintain that exact same insurance for 18 months. Mm -hmm. If you leave your company, you could also just weigh that against like what's available on the healthcare exchange. It just depends what you'd be eligible for. So like if you're not working, you'd be eligible for something probably way better on the healthcare exchange. When you have health issues, I think it's always really important to be mindful of like, what is health insurance going to cost? Where am I going to be getting it from? And like, what other benefits can I get through work? Because usually through work, everything is cheaper, right? Because it's a group versus an individual. So groups get better rates than individuals generally. Okay. Yes. I found the short-term and long-term disability, but it is 66%. 66%. Yeah. Yeah. It's generally never a hundred. And then I think also my company in total pays about $400 for my health insurance, but it's definitely easier since it's a group policy. Yep. So then if you were to ever leave your company, like if you're moving, you could be eligible for COBRA. I, you know, I don't know how that works internationally, to be frank. So that is another thing to be mindful of, especially if you have health issues of like where you're going to be moving, what kind of health insurance is going to be available there and how is that going to work? Uh, That would be like one of the first things I would look at. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason for me wanting to move. My partner has some chronic health conditions too. So. Oh, wow. Okay. And where did you say you were thinking to move internationally? So Mexico would probably be the easiest. My partner has a large breed dog in addition to many cats. So getting them 
across borders if we travel more recently than later <laughs> in the future would be more of a challenge. But Europe has much better health programs, at least part of the EU. So Spain is a country that I visited and liked, and they have a pretty good health system in addition to Portugal. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. And then and then Germany. There's a bill going through their legislature, and I'm keeping an eye on it because it might make the immigration process easier for non-EU residents, but I don't know if it'll pass. Yeah, and are either of you EU passport holders? We are not. Okay. Could either of you become EU passport holders? Potentially. I had potentially explored because I have a relative that was a foreign national, but because it was a paternal grandmother and not a maternal grandfather, it doesn't count, which is sad. (laughs) Oh. If they change it, I might have a way in. But at the current point, without getting a job or potentially going to school, which is the reason I was looking at a German master's program, potentially. Ah, okay. And then you would get a student visa? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then would you try to become a permanent resident? Most likely. Or I think the bill will reduce the amount of time needed to stay up to three years to potentially qualify for citizenship. Got it. Okay. So if you went to school and you're there for two years? So it's usually a one to two year master's program. I've okay. heard that sometimes it can take longer, but if that happens, you end up paying a lot more out of pocket. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense to research all of that. And I do believe you still have to pay taxes to the U.S. even when you're outside of the U.S. as long as you're a U.S. citizen. Mm -hmm. I think if you spend a certain amount of days outside of the U.S., you don't pay as many taxes. Yeah, I think they reduce it. Isn't there an expat tax, I thought? I think so. Okay. Definitely not in my wheelhouse. I have not dealt with an expat tax, but I do think um, that you still have to file a U.S. federal tax return and pay U.S. taxes no matter where you live worldwide. I think you get some special tax benefits for excluding foreign income and stuff like that. But um, I do believe when you're living abroad, while you are a US citizen, you still have to file a tax return. So I would say if you do go to that master's program, whether it's Germany, Portugal, or Spain, I would say that would be the time I would convert your traditional 401k into Roth. And you just want to consult a CPA first because they're the ones that can give you the blessing to do it. But I would probably break it up over the two years. So it could do like 3,000 and 3,000 or 35 and 35 because we'll see what the value is when you go to do that. And then I would use that as the advantage of that everything then is Roth. Okay. And then would you recommend potentially splitting up maybe half of the payoff amount? I ideally wanted to get rid of it within like three years, the car payment. Oh, the car payment. So potentially putting like half of it in like a one-year CD or... Yep. Okay. Technically you make more money, but you're making 1% more, right? On that 11,000. So... You know, on 11000 1% more is $110 mm-hmm. by having it in a CD versus paying it off. Okay. So I would say it's up to you because there's no right or wrong. If you said, you know, I really just don't like the monthly payment. I just want to be done. I'm just going to pay it off. That's fine too. The 110 isn't going to make or break your budget. Mm-hmm. I told myself, at least when I got it, that if I was pretty confident that rates were going to go up, but... And they did. <laughs> you knew more than SVB. <laughs> they didn't know rates were going up. Makes me sad for all those people. <laughs> but at the three-year mark that I would get rid of it, regardless of what rates were, just because it was like to help my credit just to have a better mix. I think you'd be fine getting rid of it. Okay, because it's just a shorter time horizon, like three years. I didn't know what what would be the best place for it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think you'd be fine. Then you have no debt and then you're going to increase your savings because that puts money back in your budget, right? It does. That knocks yeah. my car budget down considerably because I don't really have to drive very much. And then the car insurance itself is pretty cheap. I would pay it off and increase your savings. Okay. So I'd leave it in your budget, but I would just put it back into savings. Okay, cool. And then I think we went through everything. Oh, house. That was the last goal. I would like to start saving, mm-hmm. but I don't know where the house will end up being. <laughs> I think so. I think that like just even having some sort of house fund is going to be important either way. That was going to be my suggestion is I think that while you're in this period of really low rent and really good income, I would just increase your savings as much as you can, which you're already doing. But once you get rid of the car loan, I would just put everything into your high yield savings account that you're not putting towards retirement. And that way, at the end of this phase, whether you move in with your partner or you guys move abroad, you've bulked up your cash. And so then that way that gives you a lot of optionality in the future. Okay. Part of the reason I haven't paid off my car is I know the car market is kind of odd right now, but I can get a ton more than what it's worth for the debt. I don't know. Yep. If I'm yeah. Abroad more, especially if we move further north, I, it's not a car that I can probably drive in the snow. So I don't know. Paying okay. it off and then potentially selling it would be better. So I don't know if just keeping all the cash or dealing with the title company would be easier. So I guess my question back to you is how long do you think you're going to stay in your current situation? So it could change as soon as August, but I don't know. The issue is, is that my lease is up in January and then my partner's is in the middle of the year, which makes it a little more complicated. Yeah, the the lease alignments are tricky. Okay, so then do this. Don't pay off the car for the time being. I think you need to have a little bit more clarity about what's going to happen because if you decide to move north and then you need a car that's better in the snow, then yes, I would sell this car. And you can usually do an exchange at the dealership. You don't normally have to come up with the cash to pay off the debt. Like They'll normally just give you a check for whatever the value of it is. So for instance, you owe 11000 Let's say the car is worth roughly twenty five. So they want to make a profit. So they're willing to give you $8,000 for it. So you don't have to pay off the eleven, and then they give you, you know, a check for eleven and eight, nineteen. They would just give you a check for eight thousand dollars. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. If you do it with the dealership, but then the trick would be because the car market is really wonky right now, you would need to find a car that's like still within your mm-hmm. budget. But yeah, you would have that other eight thousand dollars that you made off the car. Okay. And I'm just coming up with random numbers. I don't know what your car is worth. Just explaining the concept of like you don't have to have the debt paid off for them to give you a check as long as the value of the car is greater than the debt. Okay. It should be. <laughs> it should be. Okay. So then do this. Don't pay it off. Wait till August until you see where you're going to be and where you're going to be living. And if you We'll keep this car or not keep this car. I think it's always better to make decisions with as much data as you can. And when there's like too many unknowns, I usually err on the side of like, wait and see. Okay. That sounds reasonable. Because you can always go in August and then pay it off, right? That option's still there. But if you get to August and say, oh, now with this information, now that I know what I'm doing, I wish I didn't pay it off. You can't go and ask for the money back. Okay. I think the opportunities for you right now are now that you have it, you got to raise, continue to fund your retirement, continue to save cash and make sure what you are using high yield savings so that you have that flexibility. I would explore your short-term and long-term disability at work and make sure that you're covered with those and know what your benefits are in case you need to have surgery. And then in the future, maybe go back to school or move abroad, you can convert what you have in your traditional 401k over to Roth at that time. Okay, wonderful. 
Okay, perfect. Do you have any other questions? I think not at the moment. I guess just a gut check on my expenses. I try to keep the 50, 20, 30 budget, but kind of reverse it because I like more towards savings. Yeah, but I would say you're doing better than that budget. <laughs> I think you will be able to make a lot of progress with your financial goals by having such low rent. Mm-hmm. Rent is usually what people stumble on because they end up with too much in rent and then it makes the rest of the budget really hard because it's not like you can fix that without incurring more expenses like moving. So I think the fact that you have so little as your rent expense gives you a huge opportunity. I mean, your groceries are low. Everything is pretty low in terms of what you're bringing in versus what your fixed expenses are. So I think you have a huge opportunity to kind of front load all of your saving goals while your expenses are low. Because as you pointed out, they might not always be there. Okay. Well, Evelyn, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. This was very helpful and I had a lot of fun chatting with you. Yeah, I'm excited to see what country you end up in. And for all of our lovely listeners, you can follow us on Instagram for our most up-to-date information and our name is Future Rich Podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.